wanted to ask you about uh, something you said yesterday that um, when you start all over against Kansas City, um, there's a different game plan, a different, obviously, uh, Andy Reid maybe, um, and uh, there, and Eric Bieniemy maybe a little bit different offensively in terms of uh, what you saw with Houston. I'm just curious as to what might be the similarities, if there are many, uh, between the Chiefs and the Texans. Yeah. I mean, Mike, we don't really look at it that way. So I think what we would try to do is look at the, you know, the Chiefs and kind of what we feel like we need to do against them at that point, relate that to what we did most recently against Houston and then say, okay, you know, do we, do we need to change this or can we just keep it the same uh, or can we take something that we did last week and uh, make it call it close enough to what, what it would need to be for Kansas City so that we have as little disruption as you know, possible or have as much carryover as possible. Um, you know, sometimes you don't want to have too much carryover because you don't want it to look exactly the same as what it looked like last week. For, so that's, you know, what Kansas City's looking at. So it's it's really not about trying to make Kansas City the same as Houston. It's look at Kansas City as Kansas City, and then if there's an opportunity to to do things that were similar to last week with Houston for continuity's sake, um, that's one thing. But if they're not, then you know we just have to change it to fit fit the Chiefs. And, and if I could follow up, is the flip of that also true that you can't assume that Kansas City will see things in what you did against Houston and coach it that way? I mean, can you kind of get yourself into a a coaching um, circle, if you will, um, by trying to outthink it. All right. Well, I, yeah, I think that maybe I didn't ask that clearly enough, but I, I think you know what I'm trying to say there. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, look, I think Kansas City has enough uh, breadth to their offense. Um, to look, they've seen everything. You know, they've seen man, they've seen zone, they've seen different types of man, different types of zone, different types of blitzes, different fronts. Um, you know, there's a certain fundamental way that they would attack um, any of those. And, you know, I think if they know where you're going to be, they're probably going to have something pretty good against it. So, you know, you don't always want to just line up and tell them, look, this is what we're in. Um and let's see what you want to do about it because they're probably going to, you know, have a good scheme or a good matchup that's going to cause you a problem. So, you know, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to disguise and, you know, make them figure it out. Um, you know, there's a point where, you know, you might just have to line up and play it and maybe they know what you're in. But, you know, I don't think you want to do that the whole game and just, you know, let them tee off on you. And they're not going to do the same thing either. They're not just going to give you a couple looks and say, okay, you know, here we are. Um, they'll run complimentary plays, um, complimentary formations and, and, uh, personnel groups that even if it is the same play, it'll look differently or it'll look like it's the same play, but 
it'll have a misdirection or a, a counter element to it that if you're overplaying one thing, then you can't stop the other one. So, um, it's, I mean, that's just what they do. They're very good at it. They, they have a lot of complimentary plays. It's, it's, if you're stopping one thing, you're probably a little light on something else. And, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard to stop everything. It's hard to stop, you know, their, the, the, the different elements that they have within really a one basic concept. They have two or three things that offshoot and then you go to another concept with another set of offshoots and, you know, that's just the multiples, um, you know, are, are a lot and, and they're good at it and they have a lot of good players. So that's, you know, it's, it's all one big challenge with the Chiefs. It isn't like just stopping one guy or trying to stop one, one play or, you know, one formation or anything like that. There's, there's enough of everything that you've got to work on it all. And sometimes it runs together and, and again, they, they eventually find mismatches and ways they can, you know, puncture you. I appreciate it, Bill. Thank you. Sure, Mike. My next question, Nick O'Malley, followed by Mike Reese. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Nick. Uh, I wanted to ask about the team's current situation at kicker. Uh, the, uh, following uh, yesterday's transaction, you guys currently don't have a place kicker on the roster. What is the plan with uh, place kicker between now and Sunday? Do you plan on bringing back Nick Folk? Uh, well, we have, you know, we have a few days to work that out. Uh, so we'll we'll look at our options and try to do what we feel like best for the team, based on what our what our options are. So I, I don't know exactly exactly how that's going to go, uh, but we'll see. And if I can just uh, get one more, I want to ask about the uh, the elements today. I want uh, there's some a long history of uh, anecdotes coming about of uh, players getting stuck in traffic or having trouble with the snow. Um, how does the team deal with logistics on snowy days like this, and how much do you make it clear to the players that there are no excuses for getting to the stadium on time to practice when it's a couple feet of snow outside? All right, well... <clears throat> I mean, first of all, the players aren't in today. Uh, today's a, you know, rehab day and a, and a player day off and that type of thing. So we don't really have to worry about the specifics of today. Uh, but I would just say in general, you know, anytime you're working with a large group of people like we are, um, and we're all dependent on each other, you know, we just, we just can't all come in and work whenever we feel like it um, and just sit in a cubicle and, you know, do our thing without interacting with everybody else. It just, it just wouldn't work. We just can't operate that way. Um, so we have to find a way, whether in whatever the circumstances are, we have to find a way that we can all work together so that we can, you know, communicate our, our ideas and our plans and get feedback and, you know, have the interaction with, with all the players, coaches and teammates and so forth, uh, in order to prepare for, you know, a team competition. So whatever we can do to facilitate that, then that's what we do. And that encompasses a lot of different 
a lot of different things, a lot of different logistics. So, you know, weather could be a could be a challenge, and based on what the what the circumstances are, and what day it is, and what we're doing, and so forth, then um, we we try to have a plan to maximize what we need to do and the circumstances that we have to work around or work with. So that I know it doesn't specifically answer your question about today, but we're not dealing with today. So if something happened tomorrow, it would depend on what what the circumstances were, but ultimately that's our goal is to try to be able to get our team to prepare for our competition and we do whatever we need to do to do that. Maybe it's stay on schedule. Maybe it's modify the schedule. Maybe it's, you know, it could be a number of different things. It would just depend on the individual situation at that particular time. Sorry for the long answer. No worries. I'm very broad, but I addressed it in general. Thanks, Bill. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, next question, Mike Reese, followed by Phil Perry. Hey, Bill. Um, just following up on Nick's first question there, um, just I was curious last week uh, how much having Jake handle the field goals was at all part of any conversation that you had. I know he did it back at Santa Fe Christian High School, um, but knowing that if he did that, it would have disrupted the holder and all that. I was curious if you guys had even discussed that as a possibility. Yeah, we've looked at a number of different options, and Again, last week was last week, this week's this week, and maybe it'll be the same, maybe it'll be different, and maybe some of the circumstances around that will will change. Um, well, that situation came up pretty late in the week, um, so this week we, we have a little more time to plan and evaluate the whole, you know, the entire situation. We'll see. See again, see what our options are and try to try to make the best one. And yesterday you guys claimed um Albert Huggins, the defensive tackle, uh on waivers. What what type of player is he? Uh well he's uh obviously a young player, rookie player, guy that you know, we evaluated um you know, last year in the draft, uh out of Clemson. Um you know, he's a, a pretty big kid, you know, 6'3-ish, somewhere in that ballpark, um, over 300 pounds. He's, you know, had had a little bit of playing time for, um, you know, for Philadelphia. It was with Houston earlier in the year. So, you know, we've had a couple different looks at him. Uh, we only had five defensive linemen on our roster, and, you know, he was on waivers, so we'll take a look at it, see how it goes. I don't know. Great. Thank you. The next question, Phil Perry, followed by Karen Gregan. Thanks, Stacey. Bill, I wanted to, uh, to ask you about something that I heard you mention on the radio um, yesterday, and you mentioned that second down passing uh, against Houston was, was – an issue for you guys, and I'm just curious. We have asked you many times about third down, and it seems like there are characteristics about the third down passing game that are um, 
you know, not not exactly the same, but relatively consistent across the league. You might get a different running back in there. You might get an extra receiver. But I'm curious because we don't talk much about second down. Is there anything that is specific to second down passing that that makes it a challenge? Well, sure. I mean, first of all, the offense has more options. You know, they have two downs instead of one. And third down, I mean, unless you're in a fourth down situation, which that's, you know, another longer conversation. But, you know, plenty of teams do that, too. Um, but putting that aside for the moment, you know, third down is really a one-down situation, where second down is, you know, you have two downs left. So it's an area we didn't do a very good job of against Houston and um, you know, honestly, it wasn't that great against Kansas City last year either in the playoff game. So, you know, so we got something we have to do a better job of coaching and executing. You know, we all have to do a better job in that area. So, Bill, sorry, I was just taking myself off mute there. I just, um, to follow up, you said they have more options. Does that mean, you know, as a, as a defense, you have to be. I know you have to be ready for run or pass on third down too, but is is that amplified on on second down? Yeah, I mean they can do whatever they want. They can they can run, they can throw short. If they they complete a ten yard pass, then they pick up the first down on second down, and there is no third down. So you know they pick up five yards on third and eight. You know it's a different story than picking up five yards on second and eight. So just defensively, you have more things to to defend, more things to worry about, and third down is, I would say, more. I mean, it's, it's a one-play situation. I don't think the offense has as many options. I mean, they can call whatever play they want. I mean, I understand that. That's what offenses do. They they can run whatever they want to run. But say so that you know, defensively, there's there's an advantage to knowing that on one play you have to defend X amount of yards um, with whatever personnel group they put on the field. And I think there's usually some things that you can eliminate um, and say, well, they're, they're probably not going to – the percentages are based on, you know, the team that they have and so forth, that there's some things you can definitely eliminate or have a very high percentage of eliminate in that situation. On second down, there's probably you know a few things you could eliminate, but not nearly as many. You just have to defend a lot more. And as I said, in our case, we just we need to do a better job of it. We need to, we need to coach it better and we need to play it better. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. Uh, next question, Karen Gregian, followed by Mike Petraglia. Good morning, Bill. I was just wondering, um, in watching uh, some of the film of the Chiefs, uh, how much you've seen uh, Patrick Mahomes mature. Uh, He's talked about uh, this year he thinks he's taking what the defense gives him a little more and not forcing things. So I was wondering what you've seen from watching uh, the film of Mahomes. You know, he's obviously, you know, a great player, has a lot of skill, um, terrific arm, and very athletic kid. So, you know, he would be better suited to answer that than I would. I, I don't really know what he's being told on each particular play. 
um, and you know where where he where he should go or whether the read is you know from A to B or B to A or C to B to A. You know, I just I don't know that for sure. So his decision making and so forth, it's, it's hard to evaluate that unless you know you're coaching the player and you know what he's being told to do and you know the progression that he's following. So. Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be hard for me to comment on that, but I would say that he's, you know, he's a great player. Um, you know, he, he spreads the ball around. He gets it to everybody. Uh, he, they have a lot of explosive plays. They have a lot of explosive players. But, you know, his job really is to is to get the ball to the explosive players so they can do something with it, and he does a very good job of that. So he's mm-hmm. got excellent vision, um, accuracy, and you know, when there's – when the defense doesn't defend a play well or properly, then he's he's usually able to take advantage of it. So his I would say his vision and his uh, execution and accuracy are all very good, and so that's that enables him to do that. But as far as how much he feels like he's matured or is reading better and so forth, I mean that be hard for me to really evaluate that, but. I'm sure if that's the way he feels, it's probably true. Okay. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. Uh, It looks like our our first question is also our last question now. Mike Petraglia. Go ahead, Mike. All right, Stacey. Thanks, Bill. uh, About James Ferentz, I wanted to get your feel on how he did coming in for Ted the other night. And uh, the TV camera, I think, caught you and uh, Dante having a conversation as he was going into the game of, curious what's the dynamic like what were your conversations with Dante uh in game in a situation like that where you have uh, one player replacing another along the offensive line yeah I don't think our conversation at that time had anything to do with James Ferentz um so I was just kind of coincidental okay but um no James again has a lot of experience even though he he doesn't have a lot of um, playing time, but he has a lot of experience. He's played a lot of football. He's practiced a lot of football. He's been with us for a long time. He knows our offense and all the things that go with it, the line calls, the cadence, and so forth, um, you know, extremely well. He's one of the hardest working players on the team. He's very dependable. He's tough. Um, he communicates well. Um, on the offensive line to, you know, direct traffic, uh, as David Andrews and Ted also do. So we're very fortunate that we have, you know, and multiple people that can do that. And that's a key part of that position. Um, but another key part is obviously you have to block somebody on every play. There's no plays that the center is not involved in the, in the blocking, whether it's run or pass. You know, you can't run away from the center. He's right in the middle of the play. So, um, you know, his his instincts and awareness and quickness and playing strength and, I would say, experience, even though it's not all in-game experience or all, you know, positives. And, you know, he does a, does a great job for us every day. And he's backed up Andrews and he's backed up Karras. Um, and when you put him in there in practice, it's, pretty seamless, but he's done a great job of 
helping our defense prepare for our opposing offense and their operation, cadence, snap count, uh, mic points, line of scrimmage communication, and so forth. And he's done a great job of that and has been recognized multiple times by our staff or the the look he's given us in practice and the way he's helped our defense prepare. But certainly gives us a lot of confidence when he goes in there um, that he knows what he's doing and, you know, we can depend on him. That's that's a very valuable valuable thing. You don't you hope you don't need it, but we do now and glad we have him. Thank you, Thanks, Coach. Cool. Thanks everyone. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome.